Hey everybody, it's Dan Dan, and we are diving into a big book study of the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous. And today we're doing part three of working with others. And part three, we take a turn. We change a little bit from this focus on the prospect and the different in the part one, we talked about the different approaches we may take initially on that first visit. And then in part two, we talked about how we introduce the spiritual way of life in the book itself. And that we got to emphasize the requirement that they get behind the idea that a higher power is necessary in order to recover. We get all sorts of odd things in part two. And one of my favorites is the burn the mattress thing. I guess that happened to Bill. But uh, there's a lot of things that we encounter and there's a lot of ways to deal with them. And basically, it's something we have to take one case at a time, right? We don't really have a set way of doing it. But there are requirements in order to move forward. So here we get into something a little different. This is about domestic relations. It's on page 98. So I think it's the last paragraph here on page 98. And Bill's going to dive into the domestic problem. So whether you have a significant other or a traditional marriage or a girlfriend or a boyfriend, whatever the case is, there's going to be a big, big change in the person that joins AA and gets serious about it. And there's a deep emotional and physical connection and what we call intimacy between people in these types of relationships. So how they move along together is important and will have a lot of play and influence in the success or failure of our prospect. So on page 98, we're going to dive right on in. It says, now the domestic problem. So we Go from burning the idea into the consciousness of every man that he can get well regardless of anyone, including wives, husbands, kids, boyfriends, girlfriends, significant others of any type. Burn the idea into the consciousness of every man, woman, every person that he can get well regardless of anyone. The only condition is that he trust in God and clean house. Huh. Trust in God and clean house. Okay, so it's important that we carry that idea here forward because this is going to get a little bit weird and the idea of trusting in God may come up a lot. You ready? Now the domestic problem. There may be divorce, separation, or just strained relations. When your prospect has made such reparation as he can to his family, and has thoroughly explained to them the new principles by which he is living, he should proceed to put those principles into action. So you kind of have this thing like an accountability statement, right? I'm going to sit down with the family. I'm going to do this AA thing. I tell my family, hey, family, I'm going to do this AA thing. Hey, significant other, whatever type. I'm going to do this AA thing, and now I'm going to do it. So you got these people that are watching you, right? They're watching you. They may not like it. They make you real mad that you're doing so good. They're probably hurt and sick themselves. We're going to get into that in a second. When your prospect has made such reparation as he can to his family and has thoroughly explained to them the new principles by which he is living, he should proceed to put those principles into action at home. That is, if he is lucky enough to have a home, though his family may be at fault in many respects, he should not be concerned about that. He should concentrate on his own spiritual demonstration. So we're getting instruction from Bill. And how to direct the thinking of our prospect. 
to take his focus off of the family, to take his focus off what the family is doing wrong, and keep his focus on God, right? He should concentrate on his own spiritual demonstration, his own act of showing them that he is going to do this thing like he said. Argument and fault-finding are to be avoided like the plague. Whew. Man, that's going to be tough. There's a lot of change going on. Argument and fault-finding ought to be avoided like the plague. In many homes, this is a difficult thing to do. But it must be done if any results are to be expected. So this is a critical thing that we don't argue. And what I like to tell people is don't compete with them. Don't compete with them on the basis of right or wrong, true and false, good and bad, like and don't like. Who cares? Just allow it to be. Just allow anything to be. No matter how bad or how good, just leave it alone, right? Allow it. That's how we let God into our lives. We surrender. And sometimes that surrender means shutting up and letting things just be however they are, even if we really, really, really don't like them. Whew. If persistent in for a few months, for a few months, not just a day, not an afternoon, no patting ourselves on the back because we didn't get in a fight yesterday. If persistent in for a few months, the effect on a man's family is sure to be great. The most incompatible people discover they have a basis upon which they can meet. Little by little, the family may see their own defects and admit them. These can be discussed in an atmosphere of helpfulness and friendliness. Woo! That's going to be really tough to come by. This is why getting into the steps rapidly with your prospect is so important. This idea of one step every 12 months, we're going to take it as it comes, that you're going to be comfortable with it, and we're going to make sure you feel like doing it. There's no mention of how anybody feels in any of this. How fast can you get your prospect competently familiar with the spiritual tools in our program of action? How fast can you do it? It's referenced in the steps many times that we launch, that we go into things quickly, that we do not delay. This is why. Because little by little, the family may see their own defects as they go through this process and admit them. And in order to discuss this with them, it's important that we be able to bring into the family as a newly recovering alcoholic a sense of helpfulness and friendliness. Vital that steps be done rapidly. After they have seen tangible results, after they see the results of the steps in a person's life, the family will perhaps want to go along. Al-Anon, other things. These things will come to pass naturally and in good time provided. However, the alcoholic continues to demonstrate that he can be sober, considerate, and helpful regardless of what anyone says or does. Whew. Try that. <laughs> Try that. Not getting along at home. Try being considerate and helpful regardless of what anyone else does. Of course, we all fall much below this standard many times. But we must try to repair the damage immediately. Let's make amends, repair, amends the damage immediately, lest, which means for the fear that, for the fear that we pay the penalty by a spree. So we may drink if we get into these arguments. Remember, resentment is our number one offender. Selfishness is the root of our troubles. If there be divorce or separation, there should be no undue haste for the couple to get together. The man should be sure of his recovery. The wife should fully understand his new way of life. If their old relationship is to be resumed, it must be on a better basis, since the former did not work. This means a new attitude, a new angle of approach, a new frame of mind. 
This means a new attitude and spirit all around with everybody. Sometimes it is to the best interest of all concerned that a couple remains apart. That's a hard thing, and it's sad. What I do is I help my prospect get whatever it is they're after, and I let it reveal themselves to them whether they should be apart or not. I don't make that recommendation for or against ever. Obviously, no rule can be laid down. Let the alcoholic continue his program day by day. When the time for living together has come, it will be apparent to both parties. Let no alcoholic say he cannot recover unless he has his family back, because that's not true. Right? Regardless of anybody, regardless of anyone, right? This just isn't so. In some cases, the wife will never come back for one reason or another, and that's so sad. Remind the prospect that his recovery is not dependent upon people, not dependent upon people. Remember, the only condition is that he trusts in God and clean house, not dependent upon people. It is dependent upon his relationship with God. We have seen men get well whose families have not returned at all. We have seen others slip when the family comes back too soon. So there's a balance. There's something to play out on its own in here. If we force it, condemn it, or try to conjure our wishes for this prospect in it, we probably doom the whole process. But you and the new man must walk day by day in the path of spiritual progress. Here's our responsibility to it. To walk with the man day by day in the path of spiritual progress. If you persist, if you persevere after this guy, if you hang in there on the path of spiritual progress, remarkable things will happen. When we look back, we realize that the things which came to us when we put ourselves in God's hands were better than anything we could have planned. Follow the dictates of a higher power and you will presently live in a new and wonderful world, no matter what your present circumstances. When working with a man and his family, you should take care not to participate in their quarrels. Remember, friendliness, helpfulness. <laughs> man, I'll tell you what, you know, when you're new to recovery, getting involved with an argument can be very stimulating and exciting, and I can be all sorts of self-righteous and get through the self-pity, and I can be self-centered and talk about me and how right I am. Man, I love it. But uh, I don't want to love it more than I love my family. My goal here, our goal here, our prospect's goal here, bring in friendliness and helpfulness and not participate in their quarrels. You may spoil your chance of being helpful if you do, but urge upon a man's family that he has been a very sick person and should be treated accordingly. You should warn against arousing resentment, that number one offender, or jealousy. You should point out that his defects of character are not going to disappear overnight. Yeah, it's not a magical thing, right? Show them that he has entered upon a period of growth. Ask them to remember when they are impatient, the blessed fact of his sobriety. Hmm. If you've been successful in solving your own domestic problems, tell the newcomer's family how that was accomplished. See, I have that going on in my life. Nobody would have looked at my wife and I and said, you know, you two should be together. After all, you have a violent marriage and you're both heavily addicted to stuff and, and you do really crazy things and, you know, you're, you're, you're apart, you're estranged from one another right now. There's been Really, all sorts of financial things going on and infidelity and all sorts of stuff. It's perfect. No one said that. Nobody in their right mind, no counselor, would have ever recommended my wife and I stay together. We're together today, and we have an extremely solid and secure relationship, but we both work on these principles often, I would say daily, and we have open, vulnerable conversations. 
And we work, both of us, most of the time to be friendly and helpful to one another. So it says, if you've been successful in solving your own domestic problems, tell the newcomer's family how that was accomplished. In this way, you can set them on the right track without becoming critical of them. The story of how you and your wife settled your difficulties is worth any amount of criticism. Another tough one. So they might be critical or telling you that that's ridiculous or you're stupid or something like that. It's worth it. You tell them anyway. So this idea that it's worth any amount of criticism is important. And we want to stop there because that requires some discussion. That if I want to get involved with a person and their significant other, and I want to give some sort of hope to their relationship, whether to dissolve it or not, really the only hope I can offer is that which I've already worked through myself, be it divorce, separation, whatever the case is. And that's what would be great to talk about. We all have significant people in our lives. And even though this section of working with others really addresses the husband-wife relationship, the circumstances play out through brothers and sisters and cousins and work environments and all that. Anywhere there's some place where someone loves the alcoholic and really wants them to get well. Anywhere that somebody's been intimately related to the alcoholic and hurt by them. Any place, anywhere. So think about it. Where did you work out your relationships at work? How did you work out your relationships with your siblings or your significant others, your boyfriends, girlfriends, whatever the case is? How did you do that? That's what we want to share now. So what a great discussion. How did it go with your personal relationships at home? Were you able to bring friendliness and helpfulness into your work and home relations? How did that come along? What's it like when you fail? How do you correct it or make amends or repair it when you make a mistake and you fall off and you engage in the argument or you find yourself personally involved or you get mad or any of those things? How does remembering the blessed fact of your sobriety, as it says, how does remembering that help you center to the gift that you have? So I I hope you guys have a great discussion around that. There's a lot to talk about. This is sensitive material. So if you feel really emotional right now, if something connected to you right now, go ahead and share it. Cry it out. Let people know how hard it is at home. Let your group know, your sponsor know how difficult this seems to do because We're hurt, they're hurt, and that hurt has got to get a chance to heal. It'll take some time. I hope you guys have a great discussion.